Well, get your Bibles out and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And let me give you what I'm preaching on and why. I, I have certain sermons I preach and things that I teach that I have to really qualify what I'm doing and why. Because of the day we're living in. Okay, I'm going to talk about how to win the war within you. Now, I'm going to get way ahead of myself and tell you a little bit about where I'm going. We talk in this church, and I talk a lot about the fact that man is a spirit, has soul, lives in the body. I do it because it is the key to understanding the New Testament and understanding righteousness, understanding who you are in Christ, understanding the war that you're in. But you're in a, you're in a war. We're in a war. Now, we're going to talk about the difference between walking in the spirit Versus walking in the flesh. Now, the reason that I'm doing this is because every one of us, if we were honest, if we were honest, would say we all deal with our flesh. Yeah. See, we have eight people said amen. The rest of you just look at me like a dog in a new bull. <laughs> and I think that sometimes we don't bring it up. We don't like talking about it. We don't like talking about the 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 putting the flesh under the obeying God for, for several reasons. And, and one of them is it's branded as negative preaching. Now, now, here's why I say that. Because everybody wants to hear how much God loves you, but they rarely want to hear your responsibility. You know, they all just, you know, God just fixed this. And there's things he doesn't fix. There's things he doesn't. There's, there's things that we need to do. Now, if we were honest, and we are, we all have either children or relatives that are born again. Go, and, they, and we know they're born again. And they struggle with sin, and they don't know why. Am I right? And, and, and there's people in the body of Christ who it's, you're hard-pressed to get them to come to church because they live in so much condemnation. Oh, I don't do this right, I don't do that right, I'm certainly not going down to a bunch of church because they're going to see after a while that I ain't living right. And I ain't. Well, see, all of that's the devil because every one of us deal with it, including Billy Graham and Oral Roberts. Amen. But the fact is, is that there are things we do need to talk about. And because of that... We're living in a society, and, and, and I'm getting way ahead of myself now, way, way ahead of myself, where in Peter, um, the Apostle Peter in 2 Peter said, in the last days, there are going to be people who will begin to preach that because you're born again, it doesn't matter how you live. That's a very popular preaching. It grows churches. But it's not true. And, and I'm going to tell you it's not true. I'm going to show you why. And I'm going to show you why you want to live right and the fact that it's beneficial. It's beneficial. Godliness is profitable. You'll have a better life if you live right. Now, now let, let, me just get, let, let me just go back to 1 Corinthians 10. Let's go over there and... Um, so it's how to win the war within, and, and what got me on this, what got me on this subject was hearing a person say, 
I have a relative, I have a family member who struggles with addiction. And, and, and I'm not going to tell you which one it is. But I'm going to tell you there are men in the church that deal with porn. In the church, I think it's like 75% of everything on the internet's porn. God knows how much that's men in the church. People deal with adultery. They deal with lying. They deal with drugs. They de- now they deal with homosexuality. And it isn't like they just get up and walk in my office and go, Hey, Pastor, I'm mean, I'm gay as queer as $3 bill and I need help. It's, it's not really going to happen. I've had it happen a few times where a guy came in and said, I mean, I'm full of the devil. I levitate at night. I'm gay. I'm going to hell and I want to get saved and I want to get free. And we got him free. But I had to teach him. But he had to, he, you have to want to get, you have to go, I want, you want to get free. And so, you know, so... Um, so, so people say that, and, and it caused me to go, listen, I can tell you how to kick it. I can tell you how to have a good life. I can show you from the Bible. And I'm going to show you about forgiveness. I'm going to show you about that. But the second thing is we have to talk about is we have to quit pretending there's no such thing as temptation. You can't go through life pretending there's no such thing as right and wrong. You can't pretend like wrong is okay. Everybody's okay now. God loves everybody, but wrong's not okay. All right. So 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Temptation has overtaken you, except such as is common to man. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but where the temptation will make a way of escape that you are able to to bear it. So we have to talk about, now go to Galatians chapter 5. We have to talk about temptation because right now in the church, you would be hard pressed right now to go online, to go to any church within 100 miles of here, and someone's preaching on overcoming sin because people don't want to hear it. It does not draw a crowd, but it sure makes a good Christian. So you have to care more about people than you do the size of your building. Amen? All right. So we have to talk about temptation because our younger generation today is faced with way more than I ever went through. Now, when I was in school, and this is going to date me. The biggest crimes, there are two biggest crimes, putting gum on the bottom of the desk and not wearing socks. And you'll get sent home if you don't have socks on. And I was sent home for not. Now, I never was sent home for fighting, but I was sent to the principal's office and I was given swats. And we're not talking about sissy sissy swats we're talking about when they hit you they move the desk and you did not go back in the principal's office ever again and you ran from fights and if you got in one you want it so it would be worth the whip I speak from experience Galatians chapter 5 now young people today because of church 
and we're going to get into this, there's a, there's a lot of teaching, and, and I'm going to show you this in a minute, out there that are, they're not preaching a lie, they're not preaching truth. They're not preaching the, word, the whole word of God. They're, they're hand-picking scriptures. And the body of Christ, people walk into church and leave, and they don't, know how to, they don't know how to deal with the devil. They don't know how to overcome sin. They don't know how to live right. And they're even told it don't matter. And now you'll hear people, you'll hear young people today, well, I'm saved. It don't matter whether I go to church. It don't matter how I live. Wrong, Jose. You're wrong. Okay. And so, so Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 I say, walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of your flesh. The flesh lusts against your spirit, the spirit against your flesh. These are contrary to one another, so you're not doing the things you wish. Right now, inside of you, you have a flesh that's not born again. It still likes ice cream and and more ice cream. It still wants pie and another piece. It still wants to sleep. It doesn't want to pray, and it doesn't want to always do everything that the Bible says you should do. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop right here and take a side journey that there are preachers today who say, and I know why they say it, that God doesn't judge anymore. That's not true. What they're doing is they're misusing the term judge. Now, the, the Bible says there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus, but it doesn't say that God doesn't discipline Christians. Because if, if I'm gonna, I'll show it to you in a minute. The book of Revelation, I'm going to judge you, I'm going to do this, blah, 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 blah. Now, that now, now, there's another one people go around and say God is not mad anymore. That, that's kind of a stupid, a stupid thing to say. Now, we have a person in this church right now sitting on the back here, Eli Prophet, who is a police officer. I love police officers, except when they turn their Christmas tree on and come after me. But I'm going to tell you, like you, I'm glad they're out there. I don't want to drive in a city or a town that there is not a presence of enforcement that's keeping them down. I, I, and, and he, I, I, don't, I didn't see who did it. I was coming up through Sorrento the other day. And I pulled up, to, the light turned yellow, and I slowed down. But the two guys beside me did not, and they, they, they hit the gas. And by the time they hit the light, both my right and my left, it was red. And they went under it, and I went, oh, shoot. And I'm thinking, I'm not thinking of me being in my lane. I'm thinking of me being in the side streets. And I'm going, oh, dude, that's not good. Well, understand something. I feel safer because they're there, don't you? Okay, now let's use a word here. If God doesn't judge and we, and we don't tell people the truth, you're going to live looser. There, I live holy because I have a certain reverence for God. In other words, I, he's good God. He loves me. He loves everybody. He's not mad. He, he just loves everybody. But I'm a little scared of him. All right, now see, let's go back to Eli. Now, I'm, I'm just going to tell you my, my sins in, in, in front of Eli. When I get on the interstate going to Tennessee, if, I were, if, I, if you told me that 100% there's no troopers, I'd do 100 plus. 
I hate, I hate driving 60, 70. I just hate. I feel like I'm in a stagecoach out west. And I want so bad to crank that truck up and just get in that left lane and eat the highway. But I fear the trooper. I fear the, the share revenue coupon. I fear the insurance going up. And greater than all of that, I fear Lisa. When I come home with all of these masses amounts of tickets, and I tell her we can't go on an anniversary because I just spent it all. And you understand? So do you understand? I, I think that law is good. People say we're not under the law. You're under the law. You're under the law. We have law in the New Testament, you know, the law of love, love your God with all your heart and neighbor yourself. We're under law, and there is judgment. God will deal with you if you do wrong, and, and, and knowing that is a positive thing. It, it keeps you straight. I don't mean that God's looking to swat you. He's not looking to swat you. Neither is the police. I think Eli would tell you this. His best day was no tickets, no red lights, nobody talking on the phone. He would love no bank robberies. I mean, everybody just being nice. That would be a wonderful day for a police officer. It's a wonderful day for God when nobody does anything wrong. But, aren't, but don't you know that there's people who do? Okay. Now, are y'all still here? Okay, because I'm going to teach you how to overcome it because you're going to need to overcome it. You're going to want, you're going to want to overcome flesh. All right. The flesh lusts against your spirit and the spirit against your flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you're not doing the things you would. If you're led by your spirit, you're not under the law. The deeds of the flesh, it's not the devil, are, are evident. They're adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries alike, which I tell you beforehand, those who, those who do such things, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, the word is practice, not if you miss it. Okay. But the, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions. If you live in the Spirit, walk in it. Now, what that means, now, all that means is this. You're a spirit, have a soul, live in a body. You're either paying attention to the spirit man or you're paying attention to your flesh. You are paying attention to one or the other. And the flesh has a voice. Now, you remember me talking about heading down 75? The flesh goes, get behind this car. He's only doing 90 and hide. Okay, that's flesh. The spirit goes, this is not a good witness. And you're like, Praise the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And you slow down, turn on Mark Hankins, listen to the word of God. You practice a little patience and you say, there's no reason to fear a ticket if you're not speeding. And you talk to yourself and you have a good day. Okay. Now, I've, we've all had these talks with ourselves over not speeding, but more than... I was at work one day and a guy did something. It was not good. It was really bad, really bad. The temptation... To slap his jaw. I'm not going to, I know better than to smack this guy right here because someone will have to finish the sermon. 
But I'm telling you, my old man has risen up. When someone goes, how do you do about it? I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'll knock you out. And see, I don't, I don't hit them in the I throat punch. I mean, I went to a dojo where they taught you to fight dirty. I break elbows. I break knees. I, I hit spleen. I, I already know all that stuff. I can take you down and out, and you'll wish to God you'd left, left me alone. But the fear of coming home and telling Lisa that I don't work for them anymore and I'm looking for a job. <laughs> but I've had times when I walked away and I put my flesh under. And I went, put your ego down. It isn't worth it. It's a punk. Leave him alone. It means nothing. You know, Morgan, are you a coward? Whatever. Have a good day. You know, and, and, and so there's a flesh. There's ego. We all, all of us have certain things we still do. And I've told people before, I'm not as saved as you think. I told somebody one day, I said, if you back me in a corner and I say stop, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm I'm just being honest, you really do need to stop. Because there's a, the, the Hulk re, is real. I can go green with enough pressure. And, and, and since I've been born again, I've actually popped like three people. Yeah, and I, and I have. I'm not, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you I have, I have cold cocked a few people that... And I told them, I said, don't, don't back me in a corner, leave me alone, just leave me alone. And they kept, they kept it up, and they finally cornered me. And, and, and I told this, and I know you're going to think I'm lying. I don't remember hitting them. I don't remember it. I, that, there was, there's a point when flesh, okay, it's, I don't know what it's called, but it, yeah, it's, I was looking and going, what happened? Okay, so your spirit lest we against your flesh, your flesh, your spirit. This is true for all people that are Christians, and we have to know this is true. There's a lot of stuff that goes on today in the body of Christ. Let's talk about young people for a minute. There's too much looseness. There's way too much sex, drugs, friggin' this and friggin' that. That folks, that's cussing. There's too much disrespect for parents that goes on. And there's too much looseness in people who say I'm born again. And 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 somewhere along the line you want people to you, you know, you really ought to clean that up. So having said that, let's go to James chapter one. And uh and I want to talk about the the, the person who was involved in, in, in a sin and said, I can't help myself. Yes and no. I'm, let me make this statement. Flesh can't whip flesh. Any, if you're going to walk with God, you're going to walk in the spirit. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Without walking with God, you will not walk in the Spirit. You're not being holy 
in order to gain entrance into heaven or to please God. You're, you're living holy so you'll have the strength when the temptation comes to overcome it. All right, now let's go down this scripture here. Let's read James 1, um, 12. Blessed is the man that endures temptation. When he has been approved, he'll receive the crown of life, which the Lord promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he's tempted, I was tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. When desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when full grown, brings forth death. Now, I'm going to say something here, and I'm going to have to, I may prove it, I may not, I may leave it up to you. There's no such a thing as eternal security. It's not in your Bible. Now, now, don't go quiet on me. Because there is if, if you're living right. So let's go back to Eli. Why would you be afraid of a cop if you're doing right? So don't go quiet when I say that. Because you're acting like you're a hellion. It's your fault you live wrong. You don't have to live wrong. You don't have to sin every day. You don't have to sin at all. But there is a point, and I'll show you this in the Bible, that you can get so hardened to sin that you die spiritually and go to hell, even though you're born again. Now, it's not like, you, you robbed the bank, committed adultery, died the next day and went to hell. That's kind of real old-fashioned Pentecost. But there is a point where the wages of sin is death, and God is not doing it. Satan's doing it. And he's tempting you in order, number one, to get you out of fellowship with God, number two, to get you away from God, and if you die and go to hell, he doesn't give a rip. But one of the reasons you walk in the Spirit is because you need to have enough love and respect for God to realize sin is not something you want to play with. Don't run around bragging how many women you had last week and you're on your way to heaven. You might not be. Thank you. When Lisa and I dated, there was no sex. I didn't say I wasn't tempted. I didn't say that I didn't take a cold shower. I just said we made a decision. You can make a decision just, just like Eli. Just, the speed limit says 75, then, then 79 is max. See, I believe in grace. I'm, I'm a grace preacher. I just don't like pushing it, you know. I, I would if I could. I mean, I, okay, go to James 4. But let me read this again. Everybody's tempted when he's drawn away of his own desire. You, you can put all the Jack Daniels in my house you want to. I wouldn't touch one unless I was starting a fire with it. I have no desire. I don't, I don't, I don't even think about it. It never enters my mind. I don't want another woman. I'm having... 
All that I can handle. I got all I can handle. Mormons are crazy. Lisa is, an, is more than enough. One woman, that's all I want, Jesus. And I'm not saying that to be ugly. I'm just telling you. So that's not an issue with me. Um, I don't steal. Don't lie. I don't have, I don't, I don't think about it. I don't have a desire. I, I think that you have, first thing that comes before you start sinning is a desire. You have to start looking at somebody else and going, well, that's no big deal. That, stop right now. If you stop there, you're, you're never going to do, you know, all, all adultery starts with friendship. They're a friend. Bull. That's a lie. So if there's no desire, there, you know, t- um, I've got to think of his name. The guy in California, Lisa will help me with him. The preacher out there. Huh? No, I'll think of his name in a minute. Has a big church out there, Jack Hayford. Jack Hayford had a young man came to his church, and he came to Jack and said, um, I'm dealing with homosexuality. Would you help me? He said, yeah. And he prayed with the boy, and the boy prayed a sinner's prayer and got filled with the Holy Ghost. And, uh, and, and a few Wednesdays, a few Sundays went by, and the boy's sitting on the front row. But he noticed, you know, when you're not living right, you, you know you act. Did you know you act different? Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether you're trying not to act different. You're still acting squirrely. Yes. People who are not living right, they act like they're not living right. So he sees that, you know, people don't look, they don't walk up and go, Angela, how you doing? How you doing? I love you. You know, when people avoid you, they're talking about you. Now, you know how I know which ones of y'all like me and don't. If I can't get a friendly conversation out of you, there's something not right in you. That's just life. Okay. So he walks up and he picks, he says, give me your phone. And the boy says, what for? He says, just give me your phone. And he says, you got phone numbers in here, San Francisco? He said, get them out of there or get out of my church. Listen, if you're going to have phone numbers of gay people in your church, what? Well, I'm not doing anything. Hey, Jose, listen. When I got born again, the Lord said, playboys in the dumpster. I'm talking about day one. I'm talking about a month later. Playboys, drugs, rock music. If it ain't God in the dumpster dumpster. He said, get it all out of your house and out of your life. Now, we don't even have Cosmopolitan magazine in our house. You can come in our house and pull any video off the shelf you want to and show it to your kids. Because if I'm not looking at it, then there's never going to be a problem. So I don't even start on the desire end of it. Every once in a while, I do desire a good stick steak. Okay. And a fast car. Okay. All right. James chapter 4, verse 6. Now, here's the skinny, and we're going to start talking now how to live in victory. Are you ready? 
God gives more grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. Submit to God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. He's talking to Christians. Purify your heart, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep, and let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. All right, let's talk about this. The secret to victory is grace. You're saved by grace through faith, not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Without grace, you can't live right. In other words, God has to give you grace to be a Christian. But why do some people have grace and some people don't have grace? Because they're not humble. Humility is the secret to grace. Humility is the secret to overcoming temptation. Now, we're going to get into that, but let me, let me tell you a story. When I was at Ramah, I've only missed one day of school the whole time I went to Ramah. I had a perfect attendance. I had a 3.83 grade point average. Music messed me up. Grand staffs and treble clefs and four beats to a measure, and I didn't do too good in that class. And that's why Lisa won't let me up on stage today. And, um, but the Lord said, I want you to stay home. And I thought, oh, that's kind of odd, but I stayed home. And I turned on the TV, and there was a preacher preaching. It was a well-known preacher that if I told you his name, everybody in the world, everybody, everybody here would know him. And that day, the Lord said, he's going to fall. And when he said that to me, it, it literally shocked me. I mean, it, if he'd have said Kenneth Copeland's going to fall from God, Kenneth, hey, I couldn't have been more shocked. And my first reaction was, well, what are you telling me for? He said, well, I, I asked you to stay home because I wanted to talk to you about him. And I went, well, talk to him. God's not dumb. He said, they're going to say he fell away because of sexual sins. And that is not why he's going to fall. He's going to fall because he's doing things I never told him to do. You know, God didn't tell you to win everybody in the earth. That's pride. God didn't tell you to be on every television station. That might be pride. God didn't tell you to have a bigger rating than anyone else on the earth as far as being a preacher. That's pride. And so what he did was that whenever anybody got bigger than him, he attacked them from the pulpit. And God took his hand off of him and he couldn't stay out of a girl bar after that. I'm preaching way better than y'all are amening. The problem you're having with sin is not the sin. It's the pride of your own heart that thought you could do it without him. You can't live without him. You can't walk without him. You can't, uh, you can't even understand your Bible without him. So the key, the key to Christianity is humility, 
humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. In other words, if you're a Christian and you're doing it your way, you're headed to a fall. 100%. And that's why there's a danger in the churches in America today that are not preaching like I am right now. And they're giving you a goosebump sermon and they're not ever addressing the issues that you're facing every day in your life and showing you how do I overcome this pastor. I'm having a hard time with this. You need to know how to do it. Uh, the only way you're going to do it is by grace. You're saved by grace through faith. It's a gift of God. So he graces you to, to walk in the spirit. Let me read the rest of this. I'm just getting started. Go to 1 John 1, 9. Go to 1 John 1. The very first thing... You have to always do, always, 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 always. Did I say always? Always. When you miss it, stop blaming other people for where you are. Now, they may have contributed it to it. Maybe your upbringing wasn't good. Maybe mom and dad didn't do right. Maybe, maybe there may be a lot. But let me tell you something, Leroy. You can make a choice. I don't care what mama did, daddy did, husband did, wife did, kid. I don't, the government did. I, it, no, 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 no. You make the right choice. Starting today, I'm going to live right. And I'm going to quit blaming my circumstances on where I am. Now, let's go back to Lisa. The day the Lord said to me, I mean, Lisa did, was, Lisa used to make me mad all the time. Just, she'd do something to make me mad. She'd do something else to make me mad. And she said, why do you get angry? I said, well, just, you, you're making me mad. And so I walked away and the Lord said, Lisa can't make you mad. You got mad all by yourself. Now, that just made me mad that he's siding with her. Now I'm mad at Lisa and God. Now they've both made me mad. Because it's obvious she's wrong. But, you know, after he said that to me, I walked away and I got to thinking, now, wait a second. What God said to me is right. She might say something I don't agree with, but my reaction to it is my reaction to it. And, I, and you'll ask her today, she'll say, oh, he's come a long ways, baby. And I begin to realize that my blaming, and blaming people in this church, blaming people I work with, constantly f blaming someone else for the crap in my life. There's stuff in my life, that's for sure. But, but my joy level and my walk with God is, is between me and God. First John, let's read it. Are you all out there? I'm doing really better. I'm doing better. So, so whenever you're, let, let's just say, let's say you're into porn. My wife don't take care of me. Listen, Leroy, if your wife don't ever kiss you again, throw the computer out and renounce it and cut it off. 
Are you all out there? Did you go home? If you never have sex again, who told you you had to have sex? Shut up. God, listen, pray and say, God, I need a spouse bad and, believe, and let him bring you someone and quit being so picky that they're not perfect. Come on, y'all, I'm preaching way better than you, amen. I, I, I want to talk to parents so bad and make, it just, just ticks me off. When some parent says, well, my child has a career. Let me tell you something. Your horny little child's going to college. <laughs> you numb nut. Let them get married and go to college together. I mean, I, I get so tired of people acting like your 23 or 24-year-old son is the Pope. <laughs> he is not. He's, he is testosterone-driven. There is a, God never told Adam to make sure that Eve got through with her education first. Now, I'm on a rant now. And I mean, and it just, the church, we, we have bought the lie from that world out there. The only thing he told Adam and Eve to do was make babies. Priority one, babies. Job is next, Babies. Oh, that went over real good. Y'all see how quiet y'all got? You, God didn't expect you to be alone. He don't want you to be alone. Boy, thank you. He made intimacy for you. It's healthy. It's called healthy. So if you're having a problem with it, just go to christianmingle.com and tell them you speak in tongues and you'll eliminate 95%. Of, no, I'm teasing. I'm just teasing. I don't... <laughs> I don't know how we got off on all of that, but I mean, I, but. folks, Disney's doing a better job of talking about sex than the church is. You let Disney teach your kids about sex and you, you throw a gasket when I bring up the subject. I'll come in here and dress like Mickey Mouse if you want me to. Just let me have your kids for an hour. When they ask a question, answer it because they, they're smart enough to ask it, answer their question. It's not dirty. Tell them the truth. Okay, boy. Now, I'm not talking about when they're five. You have to use a little sense. Just say, well, you know, you can bring a bird and a bee if you want to, whenever you want to. But at some point, you're going to have to say all right, now let's, let's go over this. Glory to God. How did I get off on that, Lord? Help me out. Verse 9, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you from the sin. The moment you go, God, it's me. I did it. I'm wrong. Forgive me. He not only forgives you, but he breaks the power of that sin over you. That sin is gone. And, it, and Satan has no authority over you from that point on. But now you're going to have to get rid of all your, 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 all your in-laws, your friends. I mean, everybody, that's, that, all your drug friends, if this is their last day, guys. I, I, I'm just going to tell you this, and I'm not, you don't know who it is, and don't matter. We had a, a, a man that was gay, came in to church one day, 
And um, he said, I want to be free. And he was the one that was a, his, his mom was a witch, his dad was a witch. And he would levitate in his room at night, levitate in the, in the air. And, and demons would come in and levitate him off his bed. And his girlfriend or boyfriend, and I don't know, well, his partner was out in the parking lot and wouldn't come in and throw in a fit that his girlfriend or boyfriend was getting born again. Okay. Now, after he came in my office and we got him born again, I said, you're going to have to go tell Leroy goodbye. Do you understand me? He goes, yes, I do. I said, today's it. He'll throw a fit. This isn't love. It's lust. It, this is your last time you'll ever talk to him. Do you understand me? He goes, I do. I said, go to the parking lot and tell him. He went out there and the guy, you know, you, boy, if you, it's a mess. And he left and never came back and they broke up. Whatever. So it is with drugs. So it is with adultery. So it is with everything, folks. You're going to have to cut it off and say goodbye. Now, I'm just going to tell you something. I'm not anti uh, country western music. I'm not anti. But when I got born again, I was so far in the world, I cut it all off for fear. I didn't want any part of it. I didn't watch Clint Eastwood movies. I didn't watch John Wayne because I always liked John Wayne smacking everybody that he didn't like. I thought that was pretty cool. So I had to cut off the world completely for a while. And even to this day, we'll watch a movie occasionally, and then after a while it'll be, well, that's enough of that. I don't, um, that's, we've had enough of, of goofy movies, and, 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 and go, let's, we'll go get our Bible and read. Okay. The second thing is, all right, now, now how much time I got? Oh, I, I hate that clock. Let me, let me give you two scriptures, 1 Samuel 15, 15, and 2 Samuel 12. Just write them down. In 1 Samuel 15, 15, God approached Saul about him disobeying. Saul blamed the people for where he was. Later, God approaches David for Bathsheba, and the prophet said, you're the man. And he said, it's me, it's my fault, God. And he did not throw blame, and immediately God said, you're forgiven. Now, you want to live right, own your mess-ups, and you're going to have them. Just say, well, it was me. It was me. I didn't need to do that. I didn't need to do that. I, didn't have to, I, could, have, I could have done better than that. Because as long as someone else, see, if someone else is the problem, they got to rip, repent for you to have a good life. And they may never repent, so you're never going to have a good life. What do you think about that? All right, number two, I don't have a scripture for this is, well, I do. I actually have a lot of them, but I'm going to read a couple to you. Let me see something. Acts 26. Go to Acts 26, 20. Number two, the Bible teaches repentance. Now, this is, this is almost unheard of today when we talk about someone coming to Jesus. You have to look at them and say, well, I want to go to heaven. Well, there's more to it than I want to go to heaven. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to live for God. 
You're not going to heaven because you prayed a prayer and Jesus is not Lord. So 26. But declare to those in Damascus and Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea and the Gentiles that they should repent, turn to God and do works befitting repentance. That's the gospel. Come to Jesus and accept Jesus and, and, and so you can go to heaven is not the gospel. When you want to get married, you're giving you to her and she's giving you herself. You're giving yourself to each other. That's marriage. Christianity is being married to Jesus. It's the day you give Jesus you. Okay, that's called repentance. It means turning from sin and turning to God. The day I got born again, November 16, 1975, I turned from drugs. I turned from rock. I turned from sin. I turned to God. Someone said, how'd you do that? I was headed this way, and I went that way. And when it says works befitting repentance, I don't have time to get into the rest of this. Um, if you want scriptures, um, Revelation 2, 4 through 7, Revelation 2, 14 and 17, Revelation 2, 20 and 23, Revelation 3, 3 and Revelation 3, 19. In all of the scriptures, Jesus looks at a church and said, I want you to repent talking to Christians. All right. Am I getting too strong on y'all? All right. Once saved, always saved. I'm going to give you a scripture, write it down. Second Peter chapter two, one through 22. Go read it. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to read Jude now. I'm, I'm going to, I want to show you something in Jude. I'm going to show you something in Jude. I'll read it. chapter 2, 1 through 22. That, that talks about people who once were saved and fall away from God. Folks, and, I, and this is not going to go over real well with everybody, but I'm just. The same people that told you tongues was of the devil and God don't heal today is the one that told you that there's eternal security. So I kind of wouldn't take the third one any stronger than I did the first two. Thank you. They hadn't been real right yet. Okay. All right. Second Peter. Matter of fact, I'm going to read Second Peter here. Chapter 2, verse 1. There were false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. The word Lord there is not Lord like calling Jesus Lord. The word Lord there is the word boss. It's the word CEO. It means you ain't telling me what to do. They, he no longer has the right to tell them. All right, let's stop for a minute. You want to get real deep? Who decided that we could have God in the church and Jesus in the church, but we don't want that Holy Ghost person. Folks, that's heresy. If he's Lord, you don't get to make that decision. You're not running the company. Now, if you read this, He's talking about modern-day American preachers. It's not funny. 
there's going to be a lot of falling away because they're not walking with God. They've got their own brand of Christianity. It ain't got anything to do with being submitted to God. I'm a Christian, and don't tell me to come to church. Don't tell me to tithe. Don't tell me, don't tell me nothing. I'm going to heaven when I die because I'm Christian. But I'm kind of just following the Lord with my heart. We ain't going to use the book because God knows we can better use this. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? Folks, what, what are you going to do with your kids when, you, when, when you're not teaching them to fear God? What kind of, what do, you, what do you think you're profiting? If you're not sitting down with the Bible at home and going, darling, you need to learn to, to revere God. You're not having sex before you get married. You're not going to live together until you find out whether you're compatible. Well, why come, Mom? Number one, because the Bible says respect your parents, so shut up and just listen. Well, if you don't like it, I'll let take leave your phone here and hit the road, Jack. Listen, it's time to take your home back. Boy, I don't know how I got off on all of that. Boy, go to Jude now. I told you to go to Jude. Jude is writing the same thing, and you ought to read the whole thing. He starts off in verse 3. He says, Beloved, I want to diligently write to you concerning our common salvation. I found it necessary to write to you to contend earnestly for the faith that was delivered to you. Certain men have crept in unnoticed, long ago marked out for this condemnation, eternal damnation, ungodly men who've turned the grace of God into a license to sin. That's strong words, folks. You read the rest of it, ain't none of it any good. He's talking about twice dead, plucked up by the roots, and, and living in eternal darkness for eternity. And he's talking about believers. Folks, that ought to make you go, I think I got some stuff to get under the blood. Put your flesh under. There ought to be a certain amount of reverence for God in us. You think God's obligated to show up in your church because you came? If there's no reverence, he ain't coming either. You can play church all you want to. But until you're submitted to God and you come in here and worship God with your whole heart, he's not, I don't know why I hadn't felt the spirit of the Lord lately. Well, quit telling on yourself. Never mind. So he gives the answer. Let me see if I'm done. Last, first is, is, is first John 1 John 1.9. Number two is repent. Number three, submit to God. You're either under God or you're under no one. Now let's talk about Adam and Eve for a minute. What happened in the garden? It wasn't an apple. Here we have the devil come along tempting Eve. And, he, and she says, well, we're not supposed to eat of this tree. And the devil said, hey, did, is that what God said? Now, let me just tell you about this tree. He's hiding something from you. He, and he makes this statement. I'm not underneath anybody. Who are you under? That was the temptation to come out from under authority. What do you think the problem is with the Pharisees? We're saved. We don't need you, Jesus. We're Jews. That's why, that's why they're where they are right now. 
waiting on another Messiah because their Messiah is going to deliver them from their enemies, not from sin. They didn't want a Savior to deliver them from sin. They wanted a Savior to deliver them from Rome. See, you want a Savior that will heal your body. You don't want a Savior that tells you what to do with your checkbook. Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. We're getting excited in this church. Or who to marry, or who not to marry, or where to work. You know, I didn't pick Florida. Glory to God. I'm from Georgia. They have seasons up there. All right. Listen to this. Compromise means go along to get along. All right, here's the answer. John, 1 John 5, 2. I'm going to give you the answer to overcoming sin. I'm going to give you three things that you can do and you can overcome all the wiles of the devil. They're simple. Oh, they're simple to read. I don't know if they're simple to do. John, 1 John 5, 2. By this we know we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Here's the number one way to overcome the devil. I love God and I do what he says and I don't do what he says don't do. That's it. That is love for God. If you're not doing what he said, you do not love the Lord. And you are struggling. And you'll never overcome until you start loving him more than you do yourself. Oh, that's powerful. That's, that's, you, have, you have no idea how many people did not hook with me. Just Whoa, Reverend, you're thinking, you're thinking little. All right. Jude 1, go back to Jude. Jude chapter 1. There's only one chapter in Jude but because the computer doesn't know that. Jude 1, 20. After all of these things, he talked about the people falling away from God. He said, but you, beloved, build yourself up on your most holy faith, pray in the Holy Ghost, and keep yourself in the love of God. Who keeps you? You do. God gave you the Holy Spirit to strengthen you, to help you, to help you overcome. And you need him or he wouldn't have given him to you. He's not a doctrine. You need to pray in tongues and you need to read your Bible because reading your Bible will keep you from being goofy. You see, you wouldn't, the scriptures I'm reading tonight, most Christians never read what I just read. They've never even, it's not, you open their Bible and nothing I just read tonight marked. All I got marked is, I'm healed, and I'm blessed coming in, Abraham blessing mine, joy of the Lord my strength. And nothing wrong with that. But, but you might want to do some weed and feed. You, you want to feed the grass, but you want to get the weeds out too. You want to get, I got to get them weeds out. So, so being a spirit-filled Christian is not optional. If you want to obey God, you are going to need to pray in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit because that is the only way to be strong enough to deal with the onslaught of Satan. And, and the more, the closer you get to God, it's like a fly on a hot skillet. They just quit landing. 
You know, if you start saying, praise the Lord, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, praying in tongues, all of your bad friends will just leave on their own. You don't even have to run them off. All right, the last one. I'm doing good. 2 Corinthians 5, 9. 2 Corinthians 5, 9. The last one, and I could go on any of these and go for an hour on any one of the things. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just smoking through this thing. Okay. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether to present, to be absent, to be well-pleasing to him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done. There must be in you a healthy fear and reverence of God. That will keep you. Knowing that you know that you know there's a test coming and you are going to stand in front of him and he is going to open the books and you're not going to lie. And you think, I know good and well I'm going to have to answer to God for this. So I think I'm just going to straighten up and fly right. I've let a lot of good sins go by the wayside. I'm going to tell you this and I hope it doesn't. When I was in Tulsa, I had hair and I was actually very handsome. And I got approached often. And I ain't talking about ugly girls. Some not fully clothed. And I never bit for fear of God. I didn't say she's ugly. Good God, no. I mean, there was some 36, 24, 36, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, drop-dead gorgeous, good-looking girls coming out in a string bikini and telling me their husband won't be home till midnight and me and her alone in the apartment and I had to leave and go get a part. And I shook all the way to the part. And I prayed in tongues and walked and prayed in tongues and prayed in tongues until it left. About midnight... Don't look at me in that tone of voice. I'm a, I'm a male. I understand this whole thing. I've had a lot of stuff happen. People offer me money. If you'll pray for my child, I'll give and write out big checks. And we don't have, we were broke, need money. And you don't know how big now that check looks. But I cannot take money from you because I'm going to pray. I so Lisa goes, we're going out to eat today? Nope. We're going home? Yep. We're going to have, did so-and-so give you that check? Well, they offered it. What would you say? No, not doing it. I got to answer to God. I, I, I mean, I'm scared. I'm scared of, I'm scared of God. I mean, I'm just scared. <laughs> this has kept me. It's kept me. Lisa and I have a great marriage, and the reason for it is that we work at it. We work at it. We both work at it. That we both revere God, and we both want to please God. And because of that, we've both done some changing. That is the only way to do marriage. It's the only way. 
If you're stubborn and bullheaded, that's called sin. If you're a hothead, that's called sin. That's flesh. Stop it today. Quit doing it. Don't do it anymore. And, 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 and go home and get on your face and go, God, I'm a hothead. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm ugly, and I'm hard to get along with, and I'm a sinner, and I, and I need to get it right. <laughs> it's 8.10, and I got five more minutes, and I'm finished. There's a bunch of other scriptures. One of them is Ecclesiastes. Go to Ecclesiastes 12. I want to show you something. Let me, let, let me close with this. Ecclesiastes 12.13. Is this okay? I mean, I, I mean, I preached a little tiny bit of hellfire. Let me tell you somebody that I listen to occasionally. I don't listen to him a lot, but I do. Is Rick Renner. Rick Renner is very strong on the issues that are going on in the world today and dealing with these scriptures. Way more than me. Way more than I do. But I feel like I'm, I'm being negligent to you if I don't bring up that, that God is requiring you and I to live right. Here's Ecclesiastes 12, 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. He's talking about the, the, the conclusion of, this is, this is what life is. If you just, this is the secret to life. Fear God, keep his commandments. This is man's all. That's powerful. Fear God. Keep his commandments. If he says don't, it's, it's don't. Don't eat that tree. Don't. It'll make you, I don't care. He said don't. I want to read something to you that I wrote down and I made note of it. This is William Booth. The chief danger in the 20th century will be religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, and forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, and politics without God, and heaven without a hell. There's a hell, and there's people going. There's, pe- there's more people going than you probably think. The real purpose, John G. Lake, the real purpose of becoming a Christian is not to save yourself from hell or to be saved to go to heaven. It is to become a child of God and the character of Jesus Christ and to stand before men. It's to be a man of God. To love God with all your heart. That's what a Christian is. Not about going to heaven. Listen, the old cross and the new man. The following is an eight-part series. I won't read the eight-part series, that's for sure. Features on an article from A.W. Tozer on the subject of the old cross and the new. All unannounced and mostly undetected, there was, has come in modern times a new cross into popular evangelical circles. It's like the old cross, but it's different. The likenesses are superficial. The differences are fundamental. The, the new cross does not slay the sinner. It redirects him. You see, when people walk forward and get born again, they need to know, I'm coming to God through Jesus. And starting today, my life will be very, very different. I'm tired of the old way, and I'm starting over. He's allowing me to be forgiven and wash my sins away, and I will live for Him. Does that make sense? 
Okay. It, it gears him into a cleaner, jollier way of living and helps him save self-respect. To the self-assertive, it says, come and assert yourself for Christ. To the egotist, it says, come and do your boasting in the Lord. To the thrill-seeker, the thrill it says, come and enjoy the thrill of Christian fellowship. The Christian message is slanted in the direction of the current vogue in order to make it acceptable to the public. The old cross was a symbol of death. The man in Roman times who took up his cross and went down the road already said goodbye to all of his friends, for he was not coming back. He's going out to have it ended. The cross makes no compromise, modifies nothing, spares nothing, and slays all of the man completely and for good. The faith of Christ does not parallel the world. It intersects it. Say amen. That is the secret to living right. There was a man, there was a woman. T.L. Osborne told the story about a woman that came to his crusade. She's Catholic. We're not throwing down on Catholics tonight. But she came to the crusade to be healed. And she was a very wealthy woman and a chauffeur driver brought her and took her out of, the, out of her vehicle, put her in a wheelchair. And she listened to T.L. preach, preach the gospel. T.L. at the end of his sermon stood up and said, I'm going to give an altar call. Anyone willing to accept Jesus, you know, please come forward. He always gives an altar call first. And so the chauffeur driver, being a Christian, said, ma'am, do you want to go forward? She said, no, I have my religion. I came to be healed. Well, that night he prayed for the sick, prayed for the people to get saved, prayed for the sick. Nothing happened. She came back the next night, same thing, nothing happened. Came back the third night, nothing happened. Fourth night, she came back, she's sitting out in the crowd, and she looks up and she sees Jesus walking through the crowd, laying his hands on people. And he's getting closer and closer and closer to her. And he's walking up to people that are in wheelchairs and he's laying his hands on them and they're getting up. And he lays his hands on someone else and they get up. And he got back to where she was and he walked by her and never even looked at her. And she sat in that wheelchair and she started weeping. She said, he passed me by. He just passed me put her in her car and took her home. She said to her driver, take me back. Took her out that night. She listened to the gospel. When he gave the altar call, she said, you push me forward. I'm going to receive Jesus as Lord. I didn't come just to get out of a wheelchair. I came to make Jesus Lord of my life. She said she got up there and all she did was pray the sinner's prayer. She got out of that wheelchair and walked off. There's too many people today wanting God to do something for you. I hate to say this, and I'm, I'm trying to be kind about it. There's too much looseness. There's too much compromise that goes on in Christians. And I know you love the Lord, and I know you're born again. But there's way too much flesh. 
that goes on in church. You come late if you come at all. No reverence for God. The Word of God. What that means is, I got this. I got it. That's not good. The Bible says he resists. We're talking Christians. How many of you are planning on living right? I believe in it. I mean, I wish to God I could tell you that I did everything right. Lord knows I don't. But I'll tell you what. I learned from Brother Hagen, when I'm wrong, I repent quick. Lisa repents quicker than me, but I've learned from Lisa. You do something wrong, you just repent real quick. She repents like now. I, I always wait till tomorrow. Used to. Ain't good. How was this tonight? Did y'all enjoy this? How many of y'all understand? Now, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not asking you to raise your hand. Lord, have mercy. I wouldn't dare do that. How many of you got some things you might want to get straight? Yeah. Brother Hagin said one time, he says, if I don't get my prayers answered, I go back to my love walk. You go right back to your love walk and go, okay, God, I missed something somewhere because right now you're not talking to me. Keep your love walk straight and God will walk with you and he'll talk with you and he'll help you out. Okay. I went four minutes over. I told you I was done 10 minutes ago. Sorry about that. That's called a lie. Hold on, I'll get right with God. If you're not Catholic, that didn't make any sense to you. Do you know how spirit-filled Catholics pray? Some stammering hands. Okay, never mind. I know that didn't. My wife's now, she's going to get on to me going home. You need to stop that. You ready to pray? Father God, I did the best I could tonight to preach a subject that I think is probably very necessary the days we're living in there's so many Christians that have never ever heard what what I just got through saying and how important it is it is very possible for us to live and walk with you and walk in fellowship with you not only is it possible it's necessary if we want a better life it's really necessary I pray that anybody in the sound of my voice tonight listening to me that's not where they should be would not think that I preached condemnation but yet I preached conviction it's time to clean it up it's time to put him first it's time to get your Bible out and beat the dust off of it and draw near to God spend some time talking to him and Father I pray that everybody in the sound of my voice would make it would draw near to you walk with you keep their flesh under and do the speed limit. And I ask that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Okay, I'm, I, you know, I, I realize that sermons like this are no longer popular. So I, I'm aware that I can't do it every Wednesday. So you know next Wednesday will be a run, I'll jump pew sermon. Because it is the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance, isn't it? It is his goodness. And we do want to talk about His goodness. We want to talk about the goodness of God. Love you. Have a great night. God bless every one of you. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. 
We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.